that when we saw that city drew, um, will that throw a spanner in the works? Uh, will it or won't it? Faraz Patel joins us now. He's an international football journalist and no stranger to the show, of course. So let's get him on the line. Faraz? Hi, good afternoon, Romy. Yeah, it's good to have you again. How are you keeping? Ah, fine things in yourself. Not too bad, thank you. Not too bad. Just enjoying live football, live cricket right here on the station. But let's talk about football and this afternoon's result, the draw. Does that throw a spanner in the works? Yeah, it kind of does. I mean, you know, uh, Manchester City, of course, were, what, nine points behind Liverpool going into today's game. And, I mean, Liverpool are 2 no up now, which means they could potentially go 12 points ahead of Manchester City. And I think that in itself really puts a dent in Manchester City's works. I mean, when you look at the game, I mean, City, of course, dominated. They had all the possession, but it just kind of felt as if, you know, on the break, Newcastle United would have something. And, of course, they got mm. that goal through Jethro Willems. And then, of course, John Joe Shelby scoring an absolute cracker after Kevin De Bruyne scored a cracker also. But it kind of felt as if City ran out of options. And, Again, you know, defensively, without Americ Laporte, they just kind of feel fragile at the back, and they need him as soon as possible. Now, from what we are hearing, he could return, uh, uh, I think, either next week for the Manchester Derby or the week after. But I tell you what, Manchester City need him urgently, because if he's not there, City really fall into that place where they could fall even further behind in the title race. And I tell you what, if Chelsea, of course, get the win over West Ham tonight, and then Leicester City get the win over mm. Everton tomorrow, Manchester City will be sitting in fourth place. And that is something Pep Guardiola doesn't want to be. Now, of course, you know, Romy, we've spoken about this, that the Champions League has become the priority for Manchester City this yes. season. But I tell you what, if they fall fourth in the Premier League title race, and if they get, you know, a harsh throw in the Champions League and they kind of fall out, then it kind of looks as if Pep Guardiola's season may not be the one he's been looking for mm. after all. Mm. I mean, uh, Pochettino, uh, did you see that coming in the sacking of this man? Yeah, I did see it coming. Uh, You know, you have to look at what had happened leading up to the Champions League final. And of course, bear in mind that he took Tottenham Hotspur to the Champions League final without signing anybody. Now, there there were, of course, talks that between him, Joe Lewis, the owner, and of course, the other co-owner, which is, of course, Daniel Levy, relationship had started breaking down. And you know, some of the other factors were, of course, the contract situations with regards to Christian Eriksen, Toby Alderweireld, and Jan Fratongan. You know, Mauricio Pochettino was not getting any assurances with regards to them, and that kind of filtered down into the team, and that kind of felt as if the team had stale ideas, while Pochettino and himself had stale ideas, and there was a certain disconnect between Pochettino and mm-hmm. some of the Tottenham Hotspur players, so it had to be done. And I guess, you know, all the work that Pochettino had done, I mean, Tottenham Hotspur before Pochettino had came, really didn't know what it was to get top four finishers under the Argentine. They used to get the top four finishers. Bear in mind, I think that the two seasons where they could have won the league, the 2016 miracle of Leicester City, and of course the following season uh, with Chelsea, you know, you kind of felt Tottenham Hotspur were in the title race and the fact that Pochettino did not win a title you know, there's a small stain on that, but I don't mm, think that stain mm, mm. should be, you know, cover the entire cracks which uh, Tottenham Hotspur had. I mean, Tottenham Hotspur had a brilliant four years under Mauricio Pochettino, and I think you have to look at that. You have to take those positives, the football that he brought, the philosophy that he brought, and I just kind of felt the unity within the team was something special under Pochettino. Pochettino unattached, and where do you think he's likely to go? Where, where do roads lead him? 
Well, there's so many options, Romy, but I think what we need to understand is that apparently, uh, according to a number of British media outlets, that Pochettino cannot sign for an English Premier League team until the end of the season. Now, if that's true, that rules out either the possibility of Arsenal or Manchester United mm-hmm. happening. Now, mm-hmm. if we take it that he takes a sabbatical until the end of the season, I mean, the teams are endless. PSG is one. Remember, he did play for PSG in the early 2000s. Real Madrid could be a possibility. If Zidane doesn't have a good season, the Argentine national team could also be a possibility. And, of course, you know, in Italy, barring something that happens of a disaster at Juventus, you know, he could even go to Turin and mm. coach Juventus. And then, of course, in England, I mean, the, the possibilities are endless. You've got Manchester United and, of course, you've got uh, Arsenal waiting in the wing. So, and I tell you what, Pochettino has done enough enough right now to suggest that he could get a top gig. And I even forgot Bayern Munich. They could look at him also. So the teams are endless for him to choose from. I think he needs to choose a club where the project's going to be good, where he can work with the chairman and the potential director of football and really have the freedom that he kind of was restricted to at Tottenham Hotspur in terms of signings. The return of, of Jose Mourinho, if we take a look at his CV and what it is that he boasts, um, let's discuss this man and his capabilities. Well, I think Tottenham Hotspur going for him was quite interesting. You know, you know, he was, of course, appearing a lot on uh, Sky Sports in England saying that, you know, he'd love to return to coaching. Uh, he, he's got unfinished business in England. And, of course, Tottenham Hotspur became the club where he had actual unfinished business. So him coming in, I think, is for one reason and for one reason only, to get, number one, Tottenham Hotspur into the top four. And then after that, try and build. Now, I think one of his priorities, you know, I, we spoke about the contract situations at Tottenham Hotspur. I think one of it has to be also, he needs to sort out Christian Eriksen, Yarofantong, excuse me, and Toby Alderweireld's contract situation. Once he gets that, that is one distraction that comes out of the team, and he's able to go ahead and create a sense of unity with Tottenham Hotspur. Of course, they won their first two games, 3-2 against uh, West Ham United, and of course, that comeback against Olympiacos. The big challenge, Romy, the big challenge, and this is what we saw obviously uh, in his second stint with mm. Chelsea and, of course, with Manchester United under Ed Woodward. When he goes to Daniel Levy and Joe Lewis for signings, will they succumb to what he wants? That is the biggest test to Jose Mourinho. And the other big test is when the results go against it, is it going to be the team or is it going to be Jose Mourinho who takes responsibility? We've seen Mourinho shy away from the responsibilities, especially at Manchester United. So I think all eyes are going to be on that with regards to when the bad times do come, will Jose Mourinho take full responsibility? He's come out and said he's now the humble one. Mm. We need to Mm. see whether he's going to be the responsible one when results start going against Tottenham Hotspur. Yeah, then waking up also to the news of Arsenal saying goodbye to Unai Emery. And what do you make of of his stint at Arsenal? I tell you what, I think this was coming. Uh, You know, last year, I think Arsenal went on a 10 or 12 game unbeaten run. But the cracks were papered. I mean, when he entered, you know, we need to look at the institutional level of this. Of course, Raul Sanilal, who was a director of football at Arsenal, came in to be the head of, uh, sorry, director of football at Barcelona, came in to be the head of football at uh, Arsenal. Then, of course, uh, Edu, who became a technical director, came in. And you kind of felt as if this was a changing guard with Arsenal, where the Kronkers were going to stay away from transfer activities. When Arsene Wenger had complete control of transfers, there was a whole complete change of a paradigm within Arsenal. Una Emery came in, and I think what he did not address was the defensive side of Arsenal. 
They had, of course, sold Lauren Koscielny at the start of the season and bought David Luiz. And mm. for me, that there was a sign that Arsenal did not address the main point where they needed addressing. And, of course, defensively, Arsenal got found out this season. They, of course, spent a lot of money on Nicolas Pepe, over £70 million pounds on him. And Una Emery wasn't starting him. And then Una Emery wasn't starting Mesut Ozil, who was earning... We are still currently earning £300,000 a week. Mm, mm. So the disconnect already started there. And you could see in the Southampton game that the players really weren't playing for him. You know, they got the equaliser, but there wasn't really a sense of empathy towards the manager. So then in itself, you could see just Unai Emery and, the, and Arsenal and that first team just slowly starting to erode from each other. And there was the sign already. And I think the Frankfurt defeat just kind of put the seal on it that Arsenal really needed to go ahead and fire this guy. I think he's still a very good manager, but I think he needs to reinvent himself at a club which doesn't have the attention that what Arsenal yeah, has. Yeah, yeah, I hear you there. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, I'm the latest on this man. Yeah, well, I think it's going to be quite interesting. I mean, of course, he's got Tottenham Hotspur. He comes up against Jose Mourinho on Wednesday. Uh, if he loses that game, if he loses the match, obviously, against Manchester City in the derby, then surely now, I mean, Manchester United may need to act. Now, do mm. remember that Arsenal, of course, have uh, obviously sacked Unai Emery and all eyes are leading on uh, Massimiliano Allegri. Now, Massimiliano Allegri's CV is quite polished. You know, of course, he's got all those uh, Serie A titles, two Champions League uh, final appearances. And if Manchester United don't act quickly, they may lose Massimiliano Allegri to Arsenal or even Bayern Munich. So... United are watch and monitoring the situation quite close. Of course, the defeat against Astana and, of course, the 3 0 draw against Sheffield United hasn't done Ole Gunnar Solskjaer any favours. So the next two results, uh, and, of course, including tomorrow's one, I think the next three results yeah, are yeah. going to be quite huge for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer going forward. Mm, definitely skating on thin ice. For us, always a pleasure to chat to you. And thank you for making time for us here at Radio 2000. Uh, it's always a pleasure, Romy. Thank you also. More than welcome. That is for us, Patel there. Just giving us the inside information in terms of the EPL and what is happening there. Ulai Gunnar Solskjaer and that man skating on thin ice. Unai Emery, um, yes, looking for a new place to redeem himself as well as Jose Mourinho uh, saying that he has unfinished business. So there's quite a lot to look out for. And then also Liverpool um, uh, fans, if it is that you want to speak out, please do go ahead. 060-584-2250. We're going to play some so- uh, a song rather and when we come back, we're going to chat to USA football chair.